friends, and welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be seen, known, and loved. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 105. In today's episode, I chat with the lovely Nicole Bellucci. Nicole lives in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband, four children and dog. She is a writer, a blogger, an avid reader and a lover of God's beautiful creation. Nicole chats quite vulnerably and honestly about marriage. She talks about her marriage and how wounds are played out in marriage. She shares her story. She talks about the fact that when we place our woundedness, we place our sorrow, we place our marriage and surrender it to the foot of the cross and place it in the hands of Our Lady, how you see restoration. She sees and continues to see her marriage being restored from glory to glory. This is possible for her marriage. It is also possible for yours. I think you're going to love this episode. It brings such hope. Um, Share it with a friend if you know someone who's going through a hard time. Share this episode with them so it can bring about peace, hope and the restoration of marriage. All right. Thank you for joining us, Nicole. Before we dive into the conversation, I would love for you to tell the listeners who you are and what your life looks like right now. Sure. So um, I am uh, a writer and uh, actually recently accepted a job at our local university, um, just working on their campaign. And um, I'm a mom of four. I've been married for 17 years. Uh, We live here in Nashville, Tennessee, which is country music city, in case you don't know. And um, my girls would love, love a conversation with you. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's a great, great city to live in. (laughs) And um, originally from Philadelphia, um, we moved here eight years ago and we just love it. We love Southern living. It's a very Christian culture here. Um, really beautiful. And so, um, we just love our parish. We love, um, playing sports. I'm at a lot of, uh, children's sporting events or theater and choir events. So we have a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, I would love to know what, why did you move to Tennessee? Was there a reason for that move? Yeah. So my husband, Joe, he had a job offer. Um, So he works for a construction materials company. He was in the cement division and um, this changed divisions. He moved over to aggregates, um, but it was a a great bump up for him. And so he moved from sales to kind of overseeing sales, logistics and operations. So a much bigger job. It was a huge adjustment for us moving here, Um, but it's been really, really a blessing. So we're, we're really happy with it. Was it easy to make friends? Like you said, it's like a Christian Bible belt. Um, is there a, is there any tension between the different Christian denominations or was it, did you feel right at home right away? So, um, I would say 
I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a mixed bag was how I'll, I'll phrase it. We, what I love, I, I tell this story in this, in this book that I wrote, but um, one of the things I loved was at the grocery store, when people realized you were new to the area, they were always inviting you to church, which was so like mm. different from Philadelphia. And so um, that was an adjustment, but it was always funny when I said I was Catholic and we knew what church we were going to. Georgia. Kind of this like, oh, <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> but what I will say is there are a lot of transplanters. We've seen like a huge um, influx of people from states like Illinois, California, even New York. And so the Catholic population is growing quite quickly. And so like our church, as an example, um, was built maybe five years ago and we are busting at the seams like Wow. We have to put chairs all the way through our narthex. I mean, you have to get there 15 minutes early to get a seat at the mass. Wow. Yeah. And so um, it's a really strong community. We're, we're very happy and blessed with the Catholic community here. Yeah. Why is that? People are moving there because they want community or they're reinvesting in their faith? I think... Um, I think it is a lot about uh, Christian values. Uh, a lot of people are, because um, a lot of the states that they're usually typically associated with are a little bit more liberal leaning. And so we hear that, that they moved here because, you know, and there's a number of reasons. It's not just faith, um, it's also political things. And so, um, yeah, and so it just creates uh, an environment where you, trust you know like what is happening around you and um you know the friends that your kids are making mm -hmm. all those sorts of things mm -hmm. um and so yeah when we go back to Philadelphia and I see the difference specifically for my oldest daughter because you know she was in second grade when we moved and um just those kids have grown up much faster than she has there is like this something propelling them, you know, I don't know, into the teenage years a lot faster than the kids here. And yeah. it's it's been good for us. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're kind of a lot more aware of themselves, would you say, or more worldly than our children? Yes. I would say, you know, like just, you know, the they were dating earlier, the kids had phones earlier. And not that people don't do that here. It's just less. Everything is just less. And so um, we really value that. We actually had an opportunity to move back to Philadelphia at one point. I can't remember how many years ago. And we decided not to go back uh, for that exact reason. Mm. Yeah, that's that's wise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I would love, I, I met you, we uh, did a memoir with with a message course by Claire Dwyer during the Amazing year. course, yes. Yeah. yeah. Although so mine good. was a fly in, fly out because I was different time zones. So I had to always fly out. So I left, I I remember once Claire said, um, could someone turn off their, <laughs> their uh, microphone? It's uh, it, it was me jumping in the car trying to listen. I couldn't believe you were doing it. So <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, this girl's committed. <laughs> yeah, she was committed. 
but she needs to spend some more time with it. I need to, I feel like I'm really being asked to go back to write. He wants me to write. Okay. Uh, anyway, we'll see where that leads. But let's talk about you. So that's where I met yeah. you. Don't yes. know much about your story, but I would love, I, I knew from the moment your face popped up on my screen, I thought, I'm going to get to know that lady. <laughs> Here we are. I love it. Yes. Um, so could you walk us through part of your story, some of your story, all of your story, whatever you'd like to share? Um, yeah. I would love to hear it, and I'm sure many Australians would too. Yeah. So, so um, I yeah, I, I think it will be good to start um, really in my childhood. I'm not going to walk you through my childhood, but just a major event that occurred for me um, when I was six. My brother passed away. He had been very sick. He was two years old. And um, and so he was in and out of the hospital a lot. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. But his death um, just uh, really impacted my family. Obviously, you know, my parents were grieving. I was the oldest and I had a brother um, just below me who was also older than uh, JP, who's the name of my brother uh, who passed away. But it really propelled me into this position of, you know, responsibility and just making, trying to make life easier for my parents. Like I was very focused on um, just being the helper, keeping things in line, that type of thing. And um, my parents were kind of just navigating all that in, in a variety of ways, and I won't get into that. But um, what's interesting about that, the reason why I bring it up is because it played a role in kind of the early years of my marriage, but also how I met Joe, my husband. And so um, it was a woman named Kathleen. She lost her son tra tragically. And um, her son was friends with Joe. They were very good college friends. And she was speaking at a conference about grieving. And my mom had attended and they became friends. And so uh, my mom introduced Kathleen and I. And I had just gotten out of this long-term bad relationship. And she said, I have this guy that you should meet. And I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Because I was at that point where I, was, I just really wanted to move on and so I, I said, yes, it was a blind date. And, um, and so we met up and Joe and I had just so much aligned, like you could just feel God's hand in it, right? It was like, we were both grew up in like really Catholic families. Um, we both, he's one of eight, I'm one of six. Our youngest sibling um, is much younger. It was a surprise baby, you know, and they were born when we were both in college. And so there's just like all of these things and we just, the conversation flowed and everything clicked and we immediately, you know, just got pretty serious. And the funny part is, you know, like I didn't want that. I didn't want to get serious again right away after another serious relationship. And so I kind of, you know, I even had that conversation with him. I'm like, listen, I just got out of a four and a half year relationship. I, this is not what I planned on. I just, and he was like, it's fine, whatever, whatever you want to do. And because he was so laid back about it, um, you know, things just continued to get serious because, you know, we just got along so well and you know, values aligned so well. And, um, and, you know, we fell in love, right? So I, I really do believe God brought us together. Um, and so we, 
Um, we dated for about two years and got engaged and then um, got married, you know, the following year after that. And so the interesting part of our story, um, how our married life begins, is that on our wedding day, I, at the reception, felt... I was watching Joe, I was observing him and he wasn't like spending a lot of time with me. And so I started to worry that he, he actually wasn't ready to get married. Mm. And, you know, that was the launching point of our marriage, which it was a, you know, like it was a fine start, like a good start, but to carry that as a woman Mm. into your marriage, that feeling, it puts you in this place of like, deficit right you're trying to make up for something you're not sure what's lacking but you think something's lacking Mm -hmm. and I I did not talk to anyone about it I debated on talking to the priest that had married us um and you know didn't talk to Joe didn't say like hey how are you feeling probably would have been a good idea but I didn't Mm -hmm. and so our marriage started in this way where it was like me just like I was like it was like my childhood again. Like I was trying to work really hard. How can I make him happy? How can I, you know, keep him, you know, satisfied with the marriage or whatever. And, and so, um, and he, he didn't mind that, right? Like he didn't mind that I would mm-hmm. do all the cleaning or, you know, whatever it was to take care of the thing, all the things. And he um, worked in sales. And so his job, um, was a lot of entertaining. It was like a lot of nights out, sporting events, concerts, you name it. And sometimes I went to those, but a lot of times, especially as we started our family, it was like just not possible, right? So I would stay home um, with the babies or and I was working at the time. So um, also had my own job to take care of. and um, And so things continued. And then what happened was, so we got pregnant with Layla about a year after we got married. So she was born about two years after. Once we started trying to get pregnant after her, we couldn't. And we couldn't figure out why. Um, And so I started going to a fertility doctor. And I, I was, you know, wanting to stay in line with Catholic teaching. So I went on the Clomid um but couldn't do you know in vitro or anything so it was it was a lot because I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Clomid but it's a hormone that helps your eggs um you know essentially release in multiples so that you have a better chance of getting pregnant and so I was experiencing like hot flashes and mood swings and all these things um and still in that place of like not really confident in my marriage but again it wasn't a bad like at that point like we weren't like if people were around us they felt good about who we were they would give us compliments and you know like my younger siblings would be like oh I hope you know I get married like you someday have that kind of marriage and so um the, the struggle with infertility and I'm sure if any of your listeners have been through this probably have experienced it it becomes a chore right they tell you how often you're supposed to have sex they tell you um you know like you have to go in so many times you have to have your blood drawn and then they 
look how many eggs you've released in. Then you go back and see if the egg is fertilized, the egg's not fertilized, go home, have sex, you know, it's just like this really rigid routine that you have to follow. And so you lose, you begin to lose the intimacy of, you know, your relationship and um, your sexual union. It's just like, it's work. It's no longer about like, I love you. I want to give myself to you. It's like, we're trying to have a baby here. Like, just get to it. And so, um, go ahead. It's like a business transaction. It's not, it's not a relational transaction. Like exactly, exactly. And so you're like, I'm trying to do X to get to Y, which was, it was just, so hard not to do that but it you know it just it just happened and so um and so even we did end up getting pregnant and but even after that like sex just felt like a transaction like it was just it wasn't there anymore it was like yeah it was a process yeah you know do you love me what is going on kind of thing. And so Charlie was a really hard baby. He had colic, did not sleep. And, um, and so that, you know, first year, almost two years, it was, I was like a walking zombie pretty much. And um, what happened is after he turned one, I took a job with a Catholic apostolate. Um, it was a pretty big job, but Joe was very content. Um, in his uh in his position like he didn't he wasn't expressing any, any interest to move up in his career right he felt comfortable um his territory had grown because people had retired but he was kind of like ah, and I was like well I have this opportunity should I take it and so he said yes and it was a um I have a background in fundraising and so it was um fundraising for this Catholic apostolate and it was on a national scale. So I was gonna be doing a lot of traveling. I started traveling, you know, I take the job, literally three months into the job, I found out I was pregnant with my third, no fertility treatments. <laughs> and it was a huge shock. I mean, it was just, you know, I was not expecting it. And I was kind of like, Lord, why did you do this? Like, why would you give me this job? And then, you know, have me struggle for so long to get pregnant. Now I'm pregnant here. And um, I was just confused, but thankfully, you know, because it was a Catholic organization, I went to the CEO and he, um, he was like, Hey, you're a, you're a great employee. Let's, we'll work this out. Like if someone needs to take your job, we'll figure out another role for you on the team, which is what he did. And I was so blessed by that uh, because I really do believe God planted me there um, because at this point, Joe and I were really strained and I started to confront him about going to counseling because I just felt, um, I felt so disconnected from him and I felt, and I still was, was there resentment? It was, it was, a, it was a lot. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was like, I was trying to move my career forward and he hadn't been, it was, um, it was like, I was still doing everything around the house, all the laundry, all the dishes, cooking, all the meals, packing lunches, you know, all those things, grocery shopping. 
and um and I just felt like he was just like whatever and um I was so frustrated and um I remember saying to him like we I really need this I need I need you to come with me we need to find a counselor because I'm I'm just not happy and he said uh no counseling is failure that's failing and I was like what <laughs> what are you talking about and so we went through this it was about a month I would say this was about June or July at this point um and it was really strained. I would bring it up. He was saying, absolutely not. We went on vacation with uh, fr friends of ours. And um, after the fact, uh, what I'll talk about in a little bit, um, they had said that they, re they could feel the vibes off of me, you know, that things were not good. Um, so but how many in years August, your marriage was this? Was this seven years, five years? Yes, seven. So we were, we were coming up on our seventh anniversary. Um, and so uh, it happened, I still remember the date because, um, so the book that I wrote is, tells the story of my marriage through the rosary. And rosary is super important devotion to me. It, it always has been. It's just been something I've always said um, on a daily basis. And so 8-8, which is the Feast of St. Dominic, which I did not know at the time, but Jill went to a um, Phillies game, which is our major league baseball team. Um, and it was a day game. So he went really early, you know, was out tailgating with customers and was out for probably, let's say, 12 to 14 hours, right? So at this point... I'm still in this position, right? They haven't technically transitioned me out of it because um, I haven't had the baby yet. <laughs> and so I still like working this really intense job, had two young children pregnant with my third and my husband is refusing to go to counseling and is out for this, you know, day drinking, comes home midnight, wakes me up. And I about lost it. And um, the next morning I packed my bag and I said, I'm leaving. I need time away, but I think I want a divorce. And, um, and so I left, um, I think that was, a it was a Thursday. I left in the Jersey shores, you know, about an hour and a half from where we live. And I always like going by the water because it helps me feel god's presence and it was really a just a whole holy spirit moment that morning so mm -hmm. i knew enough not to call i didn't call anyone that i thought would side with me like in my head for whatever reason i was like i need to talk to people that will be for me and joe that aren't going to like get on the like destroy this marriage train. yeah because I want, I want to make the best decision. I want to make the best decision. And so I called a couple of my girlfriends whose husbands were Joe's best friends. And I said, this is the situation. You know, I've just maxed out. I need to get away. I'm going to go down the shore. They ended up coming and joining me. The other thing that happened was I, because I wasn't really sure where I was going to go, I stopped at um, 
a church downtown where we had been married. Uh, one of our priest friends was still there and um, who had been at the wedding, uh, Father Phil, his name is. And so we show up, I'm right pregnant, sobbing my eyes out on his front porch. And he's like, hi, good morning, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, I, this is the situation. I, I think I'm gonna leave Joe. I just had to get out of the house, get away. And he um, was chaplain for the Pink Sisters, which are these cloister nuns kind of across the street from his rectory. And they and called Pink like, Sisters. Well, yes, they're called the Pink Sisters. Yes, <laughs> the Pink Sisters. They wear pink. They wear pink. Um, really beautiful little tiny chapel um, that you can go visit there. And so he was like, well, I have to go say mass right now just come like come to mass. And so um, I did go. Uh, and then the response that day was, if today you hear his voice harden on your hearts. And I left. I was so mad at God. I was like, no, like, no, you cannot say that to me right now. I'm not ready for that. And so I, um, I left and I was like basically in my car looking for a hotel to go to down the shore and father Phil calls me. So I feel like I'm going to start crying at this part, but oh, you're allowed um, to I cry all the time. <laughs> Look, okay. I have my tissues ready. <laughs> I never record a podcast without them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, father Phil calls me and he's like, I'm here with Joe. So Joe had gone down to him as well. And, um, and he's like, he wants you to come here and talk to him. And so I, at that point was just feeling like, um, I was, I was still so mad and, but I was like, fine, I'll come. And so we went and we sat at a conference table and, um, uh, Father Phil, he basically sat back. I mean, he was kind of like, Joe's here. Okay. He's told me some of more contacts about what's been happening at home that you wanted to go to counseling, you know, like all of those things. He was kind of, and, um, and then I just, he was like, what do you have to say? And I just unloaded. I just like talked about the last seven years, right? This is what I have been doing. This is what I've been working so hard for. And what, you know, like, and I was like, basically like, what have you been doing? And now, now that I'm throwing this fit, now you'll go to counseling and just feeling so done, you know, like just, I shouldn't have had to drive it to this point um, for him to react, right? Like he should have heard me before that kind of thing. And so, um, so I went away I was like I'm not going home I'm still gonna go away and um and so I went down the shore I had um a couple of like spiritual reading books with me and I just really focused on talking to the Lord and and being like very honest with him right like I've worked hard you know I've worked hard in this marriage I've poured myself into this and you know like why should I stay basically? But the Lord was extremely clear that I was to stay in this marriage, that he was asking me to stay. And he was asking me to look more closely at everything, not just at Joe, 
wait, not just what was happening with Joe, but like my own wounds and, um, and the fact that I have been operating from a place of deficit, right? This place where, um, where I was shaming Joe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and not really recognizing that I was doing that. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, so it was like, so I will, I will say the girlfriends that came, that I had called, they came down and stay with me one night when they left, I was like, we're getting divorced. <laughs> and then by like, it was like three days later where I, again, I was like basically praying all day, every day. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going to have to like face this, face him. And, um, and so I did, and we, I wouldn't let him stay with me in the bedroom at first. And um, we just had to kind of explain that to the kids. We said that he was like snoring too much and kind of worked it out that way. So they weren't worried. Um, and then we started counseling both individually and together. And so uh, it was really good to do it individually because it just made us both more self-aware of kind of all those places where, um, just bad habits that had been formed or, you know, um, like I said, like, you know, that's where we really learned about Joe's shame and not him not reacting well to being shamed. For me, it was like just um, trying to control everything, right? Like I, <laughs> cleaning was like one of my things. Like if I was mad, I would clean a lot. And so because, because I was at also attaching that to like one of the reasons why I was mad at Joe, it was just like a very unhealthy cycle <laughs> to be stuck in. And so, um, yeah. And so our counselor was amazing. She was so good. She wasn't Catholic, but she was so good and respectful about our faith and understanding how we were looking at everything through that lens and really wanted to be supportive of, you know, you know, encouraging us to incorporate prayer into, um, into that healing process or um, even, you know, allowing, allowing how God looks at us, right, to really penetrate our hearts in that process. And so that was really, we were very, very blessed. And we did have, like there were hiccup moments, right? Joe is an extremely social person. And so there were still moments where, you know, he would go out and um, people would end up back at our house at like 2 a.m., you know, the bar is closed and here we are with like little, still little kids. And, you know, most of our friends also had little kids, but it was just like, come on, like, this is, we're working on this. This shouldn't be happening kind of thing. This is one I of still my Don't trigger me. <laughs> I still remember our counselor. There was one night where I had stayed up when the people came back and I was like trying to stay up and they were staying late. It was like, because I didn't go to bed, they were staying later kind of thing. And so, and then I was mad at Joe the next day about it. So, you know, when we went to the council the next time we talked about this, you know, we're, we're both like arguing about what happened. And then she's like, you two are adults. What are you doing up at 3 a.m.? 
<laughs> when you have children, I'm seriously, you know, like, and we were both like, oh, <laughs> okay. She's yelling at both of us. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It was like, okay. All right. That's right. Yes, you're right. We are adults. And so um, she was really just really good in that way. And so the other thing that started happening was because Joe was realizing that his job was an issue as well, that kind of that social, heavy social scene, um, he started to look for opportunities to move up. And so that's ultimately why the Nashville position presented itself and um, when we accepted, it really felt like, you know, the opportunity to um, reset, you know, just have a fresh start and be in a new place where we can kind of build a life where people aren't used to, you know, the Joe that goes party, out all the, the time. Party Joe. Yes. And so, and he's not like, he's not an alcoholic or anything like that. He just loves to socialize with people he's like very personable and it's you know um I should mention I I kind of skipped a story so after um so after I came back we did end up renewing our vows um that September right before our anniversary and I will say if you've never renewed your vows once you've been married that is a very powerful thing. And like Joe and I, we were kind of in the thick of, you know, our counseling at that point, we had just started all of that. And so to speak those vows, I mean, I was, I was sobbing and father Phil, father Phil was the one who um, renewed our vows for, or with us, I should say, but um, he paused and was like, are you sure? Like, are you okay to do this? Are you sure? And I said, yes, I, you know, I got through them. But um, it was a great recentering because I feel like, you know, I had I had left Jesus, um, you know, I'd left him behind. I was not figuring him into our equation in those early years. And um, and it was probably, you know, a detriment to us. I mean, there were a lot of things happening, but the fact that I thought I could control it by just working really hard and yeah. doing all the things a good wife could do. It was not enough. You know, I really needed, I should have been leaning on God much more. Can I so, ask um, a question? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the night that you, or the time that you spent at the shore, is that what you call it? When you, when you went yeah. away, mm -hmm. is that, mm -hmm. would you say that's probably the first time you actually called out to God? Like asked like really wrestled with him or or demanded I, an answer yes I would say it was it was the first time I really wrestled with him I definitely was crying out yeah. right like I felt like like you know I talked about the rosary like I was definitely praying the rosary and what I was praying though it was never like heal my marriage or um, bring us together maybe I was praying that but it was more like Joe needs to change, help him change. And it was, that was my, the focus of my prayer, which is terrible, right? Like in, in hindsight, you know, I, I came to realize that I was bringing problems to the table as well. It wasn't just him. And, um, and so uh, going away really gave me space to just say to the Lord, 
I want what you want and I need, but I need you to help me show me like, what am I looking at here? And, um, but I really wanted to do his will. And, um, and I'm thankful that the Holy spirit and I really believe the blessed mother were helping me to be in that place to receive that because, um, you know, I said, I said, if I hadn't been pregnant, I probably would have gone on, gotten on a plane and gone seen some girlfriends and been drinking tons of wine. And that would have ended much differently, you know, or, um, if I wasn't working for a Catholic apostolate, I mean, there were certain elements, you know, we prayed together every day as a staff and my spiritual life became so enriched by that job. And, um, and so I credit a lot of that, like, realizing like recognizing i just need space i'm really bringing discernment into the process rather than kind of a reaction to the situation and so that really helped as well um yeah um i read something yesterday i i I was going through my phone because i was writing (laughs) and i always pop things in my notes if something comes to my mind or i've read something i just kind of pop it in there but don't always finish it off or don't say where I found it so I've got lots of one-liners in notes in my phone with no context whatsoever anyway yesterday (laughs) that's good at least you ran it down (laughs) well not always anyway Um, yesterday I was looking for something and I stumbled across this quote that I wrote and I don't know where it came from um or who said it or whatever but you just reminded me of um, when Our Lady, all we have to do is give our fiat, like Our Lady, our yes. And when we give our full yes, that's when we're able to cradle Prince of Peace in our heart. That's where that's when peace comes. And I, I just, I'm just curious when you said, when you cried out and you said, "I will do," what, you know, you had that strong urge to go back and remain married was there a did you cradle the prince of peace in your heart was there was there that peace beyond yes I'm getting goosebumps right now yes yes there really was and um what I will say is the CEO he he knew I ended up telling him what was going on because I had to suddenly like just take a bunch I took a bunch of days off of work and I was just like I need to recalibrate here And so I felt like I needed to tell him because I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, you know, at that point, you know, it was kind of at the height of things. And so he much later said to me, you know, it, it's really impressive, like how you, I forget exactly what he said, but he's like, I just admire when people in moments like this, where the easy way would be, you know, to leave that you have enough faith in the Lord, right? Have that kind of relationship with him where you are like your will. And I was like, it is him. Like, it is not me. Like, thank you for the compliment. But he he made it, you know, just abundantly clear. And so um, it's his strength, you know, it was his strength to get me through those first, you know, couple of months um, when I was still kind of feeling the rawness of just the rejection of, you know, Joe not 
having wanted to go to counseling initially and all those things that it had to come to such a, you know, climax, so to speak. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm working through all that. And so, yes, a hundred percent, like he was so present and it was peace. Like I will say, even though I went back with like a certain element of like, like I said, like I knew I wasn't going to let Joe stay in the bedroom with me. I, um, you had God, Riley, you had peace. Yes. Yeah. Like it was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go home. Yeah. And there was just no question. It wasn't like, I wasn't second guessing it. I just knew. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't mean that it's everything turns out fine. Like you put up rails to protect your heart, but you knew where you had to be and you knew exactly. you weren't alone. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Beautiful. So I get this question all the time from people and they always say, how do you hear his voice? Um, well, I know how I hear, like, I have this sense of absolute clarity and absolute peace. Is that, is that how you hear his voice? I would say that's, that's definitely part of it. For me, it is. Um, so I will, when I am making a big decision, I spend a lot of time in scripture and I have certain passages like Psalm 27 is a really important one for me but generally speaking I really try to just use you know um, either the readings or Psalms from morning prayer uh, daily mass or any of you know any of the liturgy of the hours and see what he's speaking because I do believe right he has chosen all those readings for a reason and they're they're going to speak into our life and so if something comes up multiple times even if it's a word it's an image whatever it is I will just focus on that okay you're telling me these words Lord this is connected to the decision I'm making what does it mean and I just pray about that and just kind of let that filter and I you know think about all different things like sometimes it's not necessarily how he's leading me but it it's enough to help me get to the point where I'm like okay actually, this is what he wants. And, um, and at that point, I will experience, like you said, like the peace. And it's just, it, you know, assuredness that, okay, he like, he has told me this, I can do this. And I'm trusting that I'm doing this well right now. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So so you get back home, you have a newborn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. How does Actually, that... so this is another beautiful thing. So there, there were several consolations after we renewed our vows. One of them was um, in my 40th week, they said, um, we're going to induce you because my, my second, uh, Charlie, he was almost 10 pounds. And um, they were worried about uh, the baby being bigger than that and me tearing. And so... They said, we're going to induce you in your 40th week. You can pick the date. And right in the middle of the week, it was uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who she's like just such, I've been to that shrine and um, I have such a devotion to her. And so I, it was like Mary being like, yes, I've heard your rosaries. I've been here with you, like all the things. And so I picked that date as Annie's birthday. And, um, and so then we ended up going... Uh, Joe 
I think, you know, as a way to <laughs> make things up to me, John Paul II was being canonized and he calls me one day at work and he's like, what do you think about like trying to go to the canonization? And I was like, really? Okay, <laughs> like, sure. What are we going to do with Annie? You know, she's our newborn. And um, he's like, we'll bring her. My mom will come watch the other kids. And so we ended up going to Rome uh, for this canonization. It was on Divine Mercy Sunday, of course. So like, right, we're like going through this whole forgiveness and just soaking in God's mercy. So we're there for that feast day or the canonization. And um, but we don't have tickets. So Joe goes out and he's like, I'll go out and see if like early, see if we can get in. He comes back. He's like, no way. He's like, let's just sleep in and we'll go out like right before and try to like catch it on the screens or something. So we go out later and we notice that they're kind of like letting people into the rotunda area. So we were like, okay, let's try to get in. So we get into that, but there's still security to get like into the seated part. Joe starts like this is where Joe's social skills come in. Huge Wait, you handy. appreciate them. So he, <laughs> yes. So he starts talking with some of the guys that are working security, and he's like, "Come on, she has a newborn. She, you know, she needs to feed her. Sit down, please. Like, just take pity on us, kind of thing." And um, so we're following this one guy back and forth. I'm, and I'm just keeping my mouth shut. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm following him. Please don't let us get arrested kind of thing. And, um, and so then finally this like really serious security guard comes up and he's like, everybody out. If you don't have a ticket, get out of here. And I was like, oh no, you know, that's too bad. Well, the guy that we have been following a lot grabbed Joe's sleeve. And Joe was like, what are you doing? And he looks down and there were two tickets into the canonization. Oh, wow. And so I know I feel like I could start crying again. So we get in and we are seated like in a sea of priests. We're like in the priest section. I'm, I was like one of the only girls in this section. And um, it was crazy. I mean, we were so close. We were probably like 10 rows off of the steps, you know, where the altar was. And um, so it was a beautiful mass, like right at the consecration, the sun came out because it had been like a really gray morning. The sun came out. I just felt God's presence so mm. profoundly. And then um, at the end of mass, I had to feed Annie. She was getting fusty. And because I was seated with the priest, I went to the very back row to feed her. And so there were like a bunch of young adult volunteers and usher and um so mass ended and all the people started coming towards me, but you barricaded into these sections. And I was like, okay, you know, I guess I'll just finish feeding her and stand up. And so the security guard that was at my row, the usher, I guess, he was like, are you done? He's like, the Pope is coming right by here. Hold her out and up above the rail. And so I did. And we had this beautiful picture because the Vatican cameras take pictures of Pope Francis blessing Annie. She's like our baby who like, you know, just helped us through that time. I was just like, God is so good. It was just one of those moments where I was like, we're going to be okay. This is, this is going to be okay. Like God is here. He is with us. He's in this marriage with us and we're, we're going to be fine. Oh, I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot outdo God in generosity. Like, 
it, right? You you can't write that stuff. I know. I know. That it's is so true. Beautiful. It was. It was like, it was really, if it's not the most special day, it was like one of the most special days of um, our marriage. You know, obviously our wedding. <laughs> Renewing our vows, but. Grace upon grace upon grace. Just keep doing yeah. his will and he will outdo you in generosity. Absolutely. Absolutely. But hold on to him. Like we here we are and you're the same as me. <laughs> I can hear a lot of myself in you. The, you know, striving. We've got to, we're, we have to do it right. You know, mm -hmm. God's holding out on us. I've got to do it all myself. Like back from when you had to, you thought you had to, you know, take, help your mum and dad through that grieving process by running the household. Like it wasn't up to you. But there's that little heart of yours that wants to fix it. Mm -hmm. We try yeah. so hard to fix everything on our own and we just keep stuffing it up. <laughs> like we mm -hmm. don't need yes. to We just get him to fix it. And he mm -hmm. wants to. Um, yes. And and when we do hand it over, maybe kicking and screaming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just takes it and he makes it so much better than we could ever imagine. Oh, man, what a beautiful story, Nicole. Oh, Let me blow my it nose. It's God's story. God wrote it. <laughs> He's the best storyteller. He is. Story he writer, is. everything. Oh, wow. So, so so, did your husband know that Annie was being held up or he didn't see that? No. So that, yeah. So then I come, you know, so mass is over and they have opened the barricades. So everyone's leaving and he had kind of wiggled his way up to kind of the front side barricade and he is like where were you the pope just came by and i was like she just got blessed by the pope and he was like what was like, and they said there's gonna be a picture of it and so he was the one that went on the vatican website and found the picture and oh. it's um yeah, it's such a great. Can you send that to shot. me. Can I pop that in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Okay, then what? Now what? So, so are you both on a similar faith journey, or did you were you looking more into your faith than than Joe, or vice versa? What was what were the dynamics there in your faith journeys? I would say I definitely um, am more kind of seeking spiritual growth um joe is very faithful right mm -hmm. he is like he's been you know he's like a great driver of our family night prayers yeah he likes those kind of traditional things that we do grace before meals no matter where we are restaurant whatever he is always going to lead us in grace and so um so and for that i'm thankful but it's definitely um usually me that's like pulling pulling out like even these connections like John Paul II and divine mercy and um you know theology of the body all those things right that I felt like God was just speaking um to us through that whole event I was like putting that in front of Joe like look at all these things you know and even the you know the book I wrote when he read it he was like wow 
like this is really cool <laughs> what has happened in our marriage kind of thing mm-hmm. and it is it's just um you know it he he really um god really just transformed our marriage like when when you really look at those hard years and i go into much more detail in the book about what i was struggling with but um it's just amazing to look at us now and and to know um what glory he has given us yeah so it's beautiful it's so beautiful i i heard once that when we know we're loved we become more lovely and you are so lovely nicole oh thank you so lovely so lovely um so what's your book called so it doesn't have a title yet. <laughs> it is it out? So right it's not now. published. Actually, yeah, no. So Ave Maria Press has it right now. Maybe this will put some pressure on that. No, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. But um, they are considering it. And I have um, a few, like, really good endorsements. To, I don't know. Do you know Father John Ricardo at all? No. Um, he's Acts 29. It's a, a ministry in the U.S. It's on the, the Hollow app. Um, okay his rescue project that's called, but he's agreed to endorse it. And then um, a few other people like Claire, of course, has agreed to endorse it. And so um, it's really laying out. So basically in more detail, the story that I told today, but then even after what has happened with our marriage, how God continued to work on me. So one of the things Um, I think it's worth mentioning on here is I came to a point when we were here in Tennessee where I was doing a Bible study called Fearless and Free um, by Walking with Purpose. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Brennick Meyer. Lisa. Yeah, Lisa Lisa Brennick Meyer. Yeah. And um, the Lord was becoming, well, he kept telling me to trust him. And so that was coming out in the study. Trust me, trust me you know you're living in fear basically and I was like what is going on I was thinking like something bad's going to happen again and what like what are you teeing up and then what he made abundantly clear to me was that I was I had an exit strategy still mm-hmm. even though things were going well in my marriage that um that I was you I had my career I was holding on to my career mm-hmm so that I could leave if Mm -hmm. something went wrong and he was like I want you to quit your job Mm -hmm. and I was like this is nuts I can't do it but I did Mm -hmm. Joe I went to Joe and I was like God is telling me to quit my job and he was like what this is crazy and I said I know it's crazy but he's telling me to do this and so we did like we did have to sit down and like look at the budget and all those things and then we were like okay and then what happened was COVID hit like about four months after I quit my job and so then there I was again like you know say God is not all done in generosity there was I was not under any kind of stress I was able to be present to my kids it was like he he just wanted to be like see like I provide (laughs) see what happens when you trust me Mm -hmm. so um and so it was so that whole process um is also uh laid out in the book of me just really 
um, again, like listening to the Lord, not just ending it with like, okay, our marriage is fixed. I'm good. But really continuing to talk to him and to want to do his will to listen and, and want to become right who he created me to be. And I knew, I knew that there were still things that I was hanging on to. And even still, I mean, things I continue to work on today, um, like with this writing, like, I, I really sat down and was just like, he would not, he was like, I want you to write a book about the rosary. <laughs> so that's, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start writing because I don't understand this. I don't understand why you're telling me to write about this topic because I was focused on the line that we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise about the mysteries of the rosary. And so, um, so that's what that's how it started. And then it evolved after I took Claire's course. I mean, I had not set out to write about my marriage at all. Like that wasn't even on my radar. No. But in all there was like a whole thing that evolved and yeah. And so then I ended up writing this book, which So he he not only um asked you to stop work, but he gave because of that he gave you time to write as well. Like, yes. Yes. Because you have yes. you've written a book working, running a household. Right. Absolutely. Not at all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. Let's just <laughs> But I mean, to to we always hear, you know, be who you are meant to be and you'll set the world on fire. Or, you know, you have to live fully into who God wants you to be, then you'll be fully alive. Like, what does that mean? Is that doing all the things? No, actually, sometimes it means doing a lot less. Yes. You, you will receive so much more fulfillment because you're doing what he wants you to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I so, I mean, I, yeah, I wrote that book. I, and I wrote it, you know, reasonably fast because my kids were in school and, um, and so I was home, you know, most of the day and I was spending a lot of time, you know, an hour of adoration a week. I was praying the rosary a lot. And, um, I remember when I finished the first draft, I was just kind of like, okay, God, I wrote the book. I, I don't know anything about publishing <laughs> or anything. So if you want me to do something with this, you better make it abundantly clear. And literally like three days later, I think it was. Claire sent the email about praise writers about forming this writing community and I signed up and literally it transformed my life that community is so fantastic and I, I, I and Claire even is fantastic emailed just before when I was looking for your I thought oh man I should sign up to that it's so great okay I mean, I'll do it webinars after. everything yes I mean, it's just been such a, and so encouraging, like all the women, yeah. but there is, there, there are men too, but it, um, it's majority women, um, just so encouraging and faith-filled and they all have fascinating stories and their yeah. own kind of crosses that they've been dealing with. And it's just so beautiful. Absolutely. So. They say the act of writing with pen and paper is inherently mindful there's no delete key, no keyboard shortcuts to relocate text, what you want to say and to whom and to how. There are no hyperlinks to follow or apps to scroll through, much fewer distractions. So we need to sit down a lot more often um, 
to put pen to paper because it is it is such a prayerful mindful experience and I think it's quite it's it's extremely vulnerable and we're frightened of that Mm -hmm. Uh, what it's going to reveal I have a little orange it's not up here but um little orange notepad I mean it's probably like a five by seven that I carry with me and then if there's something anything it could be scripture like something I'm hearing at church that I write down it could be I'm in the car line I'm thinking about something I mean kind of, kind of like you with your notes in the phone but like I just write and so I will page through that all the time like when I was writing um the book I you know it's like I know I had a thought about something I wrote yeah. this down and during that course, you know, that's where I was writing. I was like, okay, I'm actually, I can connect this rosary book to my marriage. And then I was like, putting like different points in my life and what mystery they would line up with and kind yeah. of mapping that out. And then I was like, this is amazing. Like just, it was so mind blowing to me yeah. how it all came together. And um, I love, and I absolutely love spirit. idea that we relive the mysteries. So we have luminous times in our lives. We have joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. Like that to me is like mind-blowing. And if you stop and look throughout your life, you can see those mysteries. It's incredibly incredibly hopeful, I think, because sometimes we get stuck in these sorrowful parts and we're never going to enjoy the glorious or the joyful. Yes. But it's the yes. illuminous ones that kind of bring them together. It's, yes, yes. It's incredible. I yeah, could talk to you forever, is. Nicole, but I know I'm <laughs> going to have to stop at some point. And I can see that your little back door keeps getting opened. And so- oh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> I so tried to wave at home. one point, but it, it closed. <laughs> um. But before we go, so I would love to read your book. So flick it, flick it to me and I'll have a little read. <laughs> okay, okay, absolutely. I would love to have you read it. Um, before we finish the podcast, I always ask my guests something that brought them joy this week. So I was hoping you could think of something that has brought you joy this week. Yes, so um, very fittingly <laughs> due to our conversation, right? Um, so we just celebrated Joe and I 17 years of marriage. And so um, thank you. Well yeah, our anniversary was on Saturday and um, it was extremely busy day. Like we had baseball and my daughter had homecoming dance. And so it was kind of crazy. We almost canceled our dinner reservation. I was like, no, let's do this. Let's celebrate. It's important. And um, so we went out to a fantastic restaurant. It was beautiful. We like recap some of these special experiences of our marriage and, and just celebrated that blessing to each other. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh well, I just I hosted a retreat a few weeks ago and I spoke about um, how God sees me in yellow. It's a very long story and I have been asked many times, so I will record it and upload it onto the podcast. But just when I give these talks, I'm actually talking to myself as well all the time. It's like, and just after giving that talk about him seeing me in yellow, I just see yellow, like little love notes of yellow all over the place. And it's 
it's uh, that's it's, so beautiful it's really beautiful it's so a friend of mine sent me the other night a, a picture she was in in adoration and she sent a picture of the monstrance and she said um he loves you and oh. I looked at it and it was yellow I said he's <laughs> so just those beautiful little love notes from God it's really it's that's it's awesome so kind. yes I love stuff like that yeah always looking for him always looking for him in my day <laughs> yeah yeah me too um well thank you so much your story is so uh real and so hopeful and um thank you for sharing it it's a, it was an honor to listen to it Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Love your podcast. <laughs> Hopefully one day we'll meet in person. <laughs> I know. Yes. My I'll kids come in to Australia anytime. <laughs> yeah, well, my kids want to go to Tennessee. They love um Morgan Wallen. Wallace? Wallace? Oh yes. Wallen, yeah. Yeah. Chris, is it Tomlin? No. Chris Thomas Rhett. I don't know. I don't know. All we listen to <laughs> is country music in the car or worship music. We, uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So have a lovely night. Um, it's day here, so we're off to the beach. But I am really grateful that you um, spoke with us today. So thank you. Yes, thank you.